bitch lost. Sports news that time. You know Chris said, who got you taking all the shots? Tell me like who got traded, who did not, and what's the latest? Well, let's debate. Just trust the process, you know we got this in-depth analysis. Who's the bad? Yes, right here, behind the line. No foul, there's no crime. Like and one, go for two, three, pulling and drop to the hoop. We cover it all inside the park. The newest stud up from the bar. It's deeper stalks. DTB, you're tuned into the best you'll see. Welcome to the Deepish Thoughts Podcast, episode number 17. I'm Chris Horwardell, joined by Anshu Khanna. Anshu, it's NCAA tournament time. And, uh, you know, as a fan of the Wisconsin Badgers, I think you've got to be pretty upset about how things went down. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're, I know you're a Nova fan. Yes, I don't think either of us should be particularly excited about the way that draw broke out. No. Um, you know, Wisconsin, it really makes no sense where they were seated compared to the other Big Ten teams, and then obviously some of the other teams in the tournament. But this was a team that I know they were a little bit cold there in March, early March, but um, they rebounded nicely, I thought. They uh, won a big finale against Minnesota at home, and then Mm -hmm. a couple games of the tournament. You know, you think that, uh, you know, they make the Big Ten final. Maybe maybe they're like a sixth seed, and uh, apparently they're an eight. So no favors done to them, and certainly no favors done to Virginia Tech or or Villanova playing a team with four seniors, none of whom is their best player. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it. I'm not thrilled about the the draw on this our side of the bracket, the east side of the bracket at all. You know, uh, I haven't filled out my bracket yet, but my gut says that when I do, I am going to have Duke winning the whole thing, which means Villanova loses to Duke in the Elite Eight, and you know. That side specifically is going to be incredibly difficult. There's a very good SMU team at six, uh, you know, and Duke's got Baylor in there at three. This man, there, it's going to be a fight to get out of the East. No question about that. If they can, no doubt. I, if they can, I don't mind Gonzaga in in the Final Four. Yeah, I, it's always funny to think about how the committee kind of goes through the iterations. This year, they released the full. S curve that they use, uh-huh. um, but you know that they don't. That's that's just a very small part of how they actually ultimately do, the, or a big part, but not the full picture. I mean, mm-hmm. they look at uh, you know the teams that have played each other and the conferences, and then the uh, like the region sites. And so, um, you know, I mean, when you look at that S curve, it's it's pretty shocking to think that the n- number one overall seed then plays the top rated eight seed. You'd have to think. I mean, if you compare Wisconsin to Miami and Arkansas and Northwestern, the team that Wisconsin had just dismantled by 30 points on a neutral site Mm -hmm. just a few days before. You know, it's hard to imagine that Nova is truly the number one seed. And then you also look down the line and they're saying that Duke is the bottom two seed, right? Hypothetically, I mean, the number one overall seed should be playing the worst two seed if uh, seeds hold into the Elite Eight. And so... You know, it's 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 just tough for me to wrap my head around something like that. And they don't really even have a true home court advantage. I mean, you know the area better than I do, but the first games are in Buffalo, and then yeah. you know the East Regionals in New York, New York City. I don't know. What do you think about that? Are those how close is Nova to like the New York City area as far as um, getting a backing from their home crowd? You know, it's not too bad. Two and a half hours, maybe two two and a half hours. So that's okay. that's certainly so, doable, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thrilled about this at all. It's. I think what what the issue here is that we just had a lot of very good teams in college basketball this year, and no real great team. 
Yeah, uh, well, so one of my things I did with Josh uh, on Squadcast was mm. I a couple weeks ago I said, I don't believe that. I think there are, he said any of 10 or 15 teams can win the title this year. And I said, you know, I think that's a that's kind of a hot take that people have many years. And yeah. to me, this year, I, I, I thought, if I told him if I got six teams and he got the field, I'd feel good about that. And so at that time, I picked six teams, and they were Nova, Gonzaga, mm. Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and um, uh, there was one more. That's five. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm sure. Oh, UCLA. So I picked UCLA. Now, today, I'd probably pick Sona or Louisville. I haven't yeah. seen the regions, but I feel pretty good about that. I don't think that there are a whole lot of teams that can win this tournament, though. I don't know about that UCLA team. I, I feel about the UCLA yeah, team I would like, push them out. like I did with those old Milwaukee Bucks teams. Where it's just you know, the Ray Allen, the Sam Cassell, Antoine Walker teams, where they're just they rely so much on shooting and and little else that mm. they just have to go cold against a good defense one time and you know it's over for them. And That's it, an interesting comp. I I think they're pretty good at low post. I mean, you got T.J. Leaf. Um, who likes to stay outside and shoot threes? <laughs> well, hypothetically, you've got the bigs, but Man. yeah, I, I I agree. I think if I could sub one out, I would sub UCLA out for either Arizona or Louisville, probably. Um, but that's, you know, I still think even if you just gave me those other five, I feel pretty good about one of them winning. So anyways, though, to your point, I mean, you're right. There are a lot of pretty good teams, but at the same time, I think that any of almost any of them are likely or possibly going to get upset. If you look at Oregon with their injury to mm-hmm. Boucher there in the last week, that's another team that maybe you thought was going to make a big run. And now is, is decimated by injury. Florida had the injury a couple weeks ago to another postman. Um, Virginia's got a tough draw. I mean, if you go down the line, there are, there are a lot of, you know, there there are a lot of good teams, but it's tough for me to put any of them on the level of one of those top teams. And that's why, it magnifies how screwed over Villanova got, I thought. Well, I think it's interesting that when you picked your six and then kind of subbed uh, UCLA out for the combination of Arizona and or Louisville, that the one-two seed you didn't mention was was the Wildcats of, of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, t- <laughs> I tend to side with that because I think that team's just too young. I think that that when you uh, look, I, I, first of all, I think De'Aaron Fox is one of the most underrated players in the country. Mm-hmm. But I agree with that. but he's got a major flaw in that he can't shoot at all. He, that hasn't really hurt him to this point because he's so much more athletic than everybody else and gets to the basket whenever he wants. But you have a guy in Fox who can only drive, and a guy in Monk who basically only shoots. Once you get yeah. up against the very very good smart defensive teams, that's stuff you can take away. Yeah, and you know to your. Uh, I would not use their youth against them. I think that they've got, you know, Briscoe's a pretty solid sophomore. Sort of has a good hand. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, a lot of these teams are young. Like we're talking about UCLA, they've got, and maybe that's not a team that you like, but you know, a lot of these teams are are heavily youth based. Mm-hmm. I, but that and and that would never have stopped me from taking Kentucky in the past. I guess is what I'm saying when you think about Bam and Briscoe and and the guys you mentioned. But um, I do agree with you. I think that this team is particularly immature, if that makes sense. Yes. And that um, I, I just, they, they look like the 18 year old team, you know, they, they look like the freshman laden group um, where, where Lonzo Ball's also a freshman. I don't think he plays like a freshman, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Absolutely. And, um, and so I, uh, 
I, I think that, yeah, I think that's a common thread between pe- pe- people who have seen this Kentucky team and maybe were a victim of previous Kentucky teams that, you know, they they just don't feel like that that squad. You know, mm-hmm. like you're, you're comparing them to those other teams and they're just not quite at the same caliber of them. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, when I watch Kentucky, I think, boy, this is a really, really, really good AAU team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they basically are. They're, what, eight, nine months removed from being one of those. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, look, they're they're talented enough to win this whole thing, but they, I don't think they will, obviously. I, I don't like that where they were placed either. I think, look, it, put it this way, if you, if you flipped where Kansas is and where Villanova is, mm-hmm. I would have Kansas, or I'm sorry, I, I'd have Nova in the Final Four without any hesitation. Yeah, the only, oh, man, it would be interesting in the second round because I like that Miami Florida team quite a bit. Mm. Uh, mm. I, and you know, you can't ever overlook a Tom Izzo team regardless of, you know, the somewhat, somewhat lacking talent level that this Michigan state team has in relation to previous Michigan state teams. It's also an interesting mm-hmm. fit against Villanova because they're another team like Nova that doesn't really have a true big guy. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't see it. Oregon doesn't really scare me, but you know they can beat anybody. It, the like, injury Louisville it, would be interesting. Stagger. Yeah, I mean it, it, yeah. it hurts, but you still have Jordan Bell, you still have Dylan Brooks, uh, you have a good young backcourt. It, it's, it's still a, a very, very good Oregon team. Well, I want to talk about UCLA for one more second, just because something that uh, that I hear so commonly on on the message boards that I frequent drives me nuts. It drives me up a wall, aren't you? And that is that, uh, so, you know, the 76ers are still a very bad team, and we're still very much in, in contention for one of those top picks. And obviously Lonzo Ball is going to be one of those top picks in the draft. I see idiots on message boards, and, you know, offense intended if you happen to be one of those idiots, not you, but our listener, and that's fine. I'm, I'm willing to call the listener an idiot if you think this, that, that Lonzo Ball is a combo guard. Yes, Lonzo Ball can shoot the basketball. Now, it's ugly. It's incredibly ugly, but it's effective. Yeah. And, and once you get past the beginning mechanics of Lonzo Ball's jump shot and you actually look at what's going on, it isn't that bad. Shoulders are squared. The follow-through is good. The feet are set. Mechanically, a lot of what you want to happen in a jump shot happens in Lonzo Ball's jump shot. I don't know what happens with that elbow. You know, that's something you, yeah. learn, you learn day one in, in you know, fourth grade basketball well, his, is keep his the elbow brother in. shoots like that too yeah it must be something that uh mr Mount, mr ball is teaching him because that that release point is going to be a major issue at the next level i i mean he's not like people compare their shot to sean marion's but mm-hmm. marion was also what three inches taller than him at least so um yeah i don't i don't know how he gets that shot off at a, with any regularity well i think kevin martin in terms of jump shot is the comp. For kevin martin yeah, that's that's fair. But I, I don't have a problem with that. I think Lonzo Ball is going to be a reasonably good shooter once we get to the NBA. But this guy is one of the most advanced point guards that have come through college basketball in a couple of decades. I agree. The way the guy it's thinks the, old... the game and the the way he makes everybody else on the court better is is indicative of what you want in a great point guard. So stop the nonsense that Lonzo Ball is a combo guard, that Lonzo Ball might be better as a shooting guard. No, he's a point guard, and he's going to be one of the he's, best point guards to come out in a long time. Just leave him alone. He's absolutely a point guard. I've completely flipped where I was with him versus Bolts from early in the season. I think that 
I, I mean, Fultz's talent is undeniable. The shot isn't as much of an issue when you look at it in terms of the aesthetic. But, man, I I totally agree with you. I think that ball's feel for the game is so advanced. It's so, like, translatable, mm. you know, to the NBA. And you see it with how much they win in a yeah. very tough conference. Yeah. Um, and, you, and, and, I mean, you're talking about top-level competition. You brought up Dylan Brooks earlier. Obviously, Arizona's a really good team. And he's he's gone head to head with Fultz too, so that so you know that, that or Fultz's squad at least, and so that I mean, to me, I if I had the number one pick, unless I was really set at point guard, I think that Ball is it's not a hot take. Ball Ball is clearly the number one guy to me right now, right in this exact moment. Well, I think it, it depends on the team very very heavily because if you're a team like the Seventy Sixers who who think their Ben Simmons is going to have the ball all the time, I'm not sure how much sense it makes to take to take Alonzo Ball and just put him in a corner. Yeah. Obviously, I guess in, I mean, in that situation... Where he's in a position to be a heavy usage player. Well, the, the beauty of him, though, is I don't think he needs to be a heavy usage player. Uh, I, and that's why I would, you know, if I had that number two pick, I would still feel okay taking him. But if it's if you're sitting at number one, you have the choice of anybody in this draft. I want the, the high-level perimeter scorer that I think uh, Markel Fultz is going to be. But I, I would not be upset with Lonzo Ball, too. Just, you know, the team that would benefit the most from Lonzo Ball, and this would certainly thrill the crazy LeVar, uh, would be the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> because yeah. if you can, if you put Lonzo Ball at point guard on that team, can, mm. and, you know, I think he could have the same kind of uh, positive effect on D'Angelo Russell that he has had on uh, Bryce Alford. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that he's a perfect fit for a pretty talented or a team with a lot of raw talent. Um, and yeah, yeah, like he would be just such a perfect engineer of what Luke Walton wants to do. So I, I would fully support that pick. I think I'm sure they would love that too. And like you said, I'm sure Mr. Ball would love it as well. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. That Lakers fits. team. I don't know. If the, a disaster. Yeah. An absolute disaster. Oh, I, I could not believe. <laughs> I watched them play the Sixers the other night, and I could not believe how bad they are. And that was the game where D'Angelo Russell just kicked the ball out of bounds and then fell. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely need a couple agents of their coach, and um, and you know they just need someone to tie it all together. And I think that the difference between last UCLA last year's UCLA team and this one is clear with a guy like Ball when they were not a fierce contender at all and this year you can clearly tell that they are yeah if i'm the lakers and i tweeted something similar to this out i'm looking to trade d'angelo russell and julius randall this offseason i just don't think those guys are winning basketball players it draw it would drive me insane as a lakers fan to watch julius uh, julius randall smile and laugh after every stupid turnover that he makes it would drive yeah. me insane. I would like to see how they do with someone like Ball, like if Ball could tie it all together. But at the same time, you don't want to risk allowing Ball to fall into bad, you know, bad habits in a bad locker room. So, I mean, I'm not close enough to the situation to be able to comment too much on it. But it would be a shame to not surround him with the kind of talent that could maximize his abilities and that of those players. With that said, from a selfish perspective, if uh, Lonzo Ball does join the Lakers, that means the Sixers pick didn't convey this year, and we have the Lakers' unprotected first-round pick in 2018. 
In that case, I hope Lonzo Ball does fall in with a bad crowd. I hope he's absolutely terrible. As a <laughs> you know, five points, five turnovers in 25 minutes a game, and the Lakers win. Let's lay, let's say eight games next year. That would be fun for me. After after all the Luke Walton, we don't want to be a team that's in the lottery nonsense. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see that, but I hate that Luke would be Walton. funny. I really hate Luke Walton. Whatever. Let's talk about the NCAA tournament. I can. Talk about my disdain of uh, Luke Walton, D'Angelo Russell. And it's amazing how quickly I flipped on Russell because this was the guy I desperately wanted in the draft that year. But, <laughs> yeah. But he is just – he's a cancer. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's let's go through this. We have uh, – you know, as, as you and I discussed prior to officially starting recording, you, uh, you wonderful listeners of ours, you're just going to have to take a – Take our word that we're we're being honest about when we're recording this. It is currently uh, 3:59 Pacific time on on Tuesday, and uh, the New Orleans Mount St. Mary's game is underway. I do not have a score in front of me, and uh, it is only 15 minutes or so into the game. I don't know if Anju has a score, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to believe us that you know we're on our code here. We're not looking at anything, and this, these predictions were made prior to uh, you know these games finishing. So let's start mm-hmm. with let's start with the playing games, Anshu. Let's just go game by game first. Oh, we're gonna go game by game All first right. round, and uh, we're gonna make some predictions here. Okay. We've, we're gonna start New Orleans Mount St. Mary's, like as I said, currently ongoing on True TV right now. Who do you like? <laughs> uh, I can honestly say I don't know anything about either of them, so I'm gonna go with the Mount, as they <laughs> call themselves, I believe. What about the Mount makes you pick them over? Over New just Orleans. that, that exact reason, just that they call themselves the Mount. The Mount, okay. Everything I'm going off of. Well, uh, so back when I lived in Pennsylvania, there was a private school near me named uh, Mount St. Joseph's, and, and they were the Mount. So oh. for all I'm concerned, as, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's the Mount. These guys are pretenders. New Orleans wins. <laughs> they get the right to play uh, my villain of a wild cats on Thursday. Mm. There you Let, go. Let's move on. Again, we've got the exciting play-in games. Actually, this one isn't so bad. Wake Forest against Kansas State. Little yeah, bit, this was actually interesting game. Um, Wake Forest is a big-time analytics darling, and yeah. coming off a, a tough, rugged road through the ACC, I'm going to go with them over a Big 12 Kansas State team, a much a much more inferior uh competition there so i'll take the uh, the demon deacons in that one yeah like the kansas state backcourt is interesting but you know i'm a big bryant crawford fan for wake forest and john collins has turned himself into a guy john collins potentially be a top 15 pick in the draft this year although i think somebody's going to be upset two years from now if they take him in the top 15 um <laughs> yeah wake forest over kansas state could not agree more and uh the winner of that game gets the right to play who that is uh who Wake Forest Kansas State Cincinnati plays. right is it Cincinnati sure that sounds right yeah it is it is in Sacramento I will I'll take your word for that uh, so moving on we have <laughs> can't wait for this one NC Central against UC Davis tomorrow at 6:40 who do you like in that game <laughs> um, I'll take e- NC Central I've read that they're better so and they have fewer <laughs> losses let's go with that. <laughs> well, UC Davis is a little bit closer to me, and the proximity obviously matters. So we're gonna we're gonna go UC Davis. By the way, 
this will get more in-depth as we get past the, the play-in round. Yes. Final play-in game tomorrow, and this is a much better game, Providence against USC. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like USC um, yeah. just on talent alone. I mean, that's not the best reason, but again, I mean, this is a team that had some really impressive performances against the top, top teams that are in the Pac-12, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they beat UCLA earlier this year. I, I like USC in this game. And, you know, they're they're the kind of team that with that one – these games are interesting because, um, you know, you, you take this – this is a tournament feel game, you know. And, yeah. um, and you, if, if you face a team with maybe inferior competition um, and, and put them and, and get that kind of rust shaken off, that, that this kind of talented team starts getting a little confident and feeling themselves a little bit, they can make a little bit of a run. So I like USC, and I think they're a team to watch going beyond this game. Yeah, you, I agree with you that USC wins this game, but I will say that this is a team that uh, disappointed me a little bit this year. I had very, oh, high, yeah. very high expectations for both Benny Boatwright and Jordan McLaughlin. I thought one of them would turn into you know a mid to late first round kind of guy, and you know both seem to have taken a step back. Boatwright just he's he's does everything you don't want a 6'11 player to do who would, you know, <laughs> a talented 6'11 player. I know they've, they've got uh, the Chemezi Metu in the, in the middle, but Boatwright just seems like he wants to play shooting guard. And, you know, rebounds have dropped this year. You like that he can shoot the ball. It's fun. He is an outstanding shooter technically, you know, 35, 36% from three. And I think he was over 90% from the, field, uh, from the free throw line. Granted, he missed a portion of the season with injury. And you know McLaughlin was one of those uh, one of those guys who was close to you know a fifteen five five guy last year, and I thought, man, he's going to step up, especially now that I oh, the, the I forget who left, but he had uh, his backcourt mate who actually pushed him to shooting guard a little bit last year left, and McLaughlin hmm. just didn't step up. As yeah, sc- scoring's actually yeah, but... down, assists are down, rebounds are down. Steals are down, you know. Draft stock is down. Yeah, that tends to be kind of the pattern with USC players, isn't it? That um, even in the Enfield era and before that, uh, with Floyd and and others, I, I think that you know that guys go to USC to see their NBA prospects kind of die. I, mean, yeah. I don't know what it's been, but um, it hasn't been a positive uh, for them, obviously, and so. But I think that this team in particular is just too talented. And, um, you know, if they make a little run, maybe Boatwright's stock does go up a little bit because I think that he's the kind of size matchup that can um, really – it's, you know, the biggest difference between these small schools and bigger schools is um, is the size, right? Like, I mean, that's yeah. that's the main aspect, and Boatwright is the, uh, the cover boy for that. So um, I, I like them here, and I think if they get into a matchup with a smaller conference team that it kind of – group that can take advantage of that size discrepancy. Also, I really like the freshman, uh, DeAnthony Melton, big, big mm-hmm. off guard, probably really a point guard, but you know, obviously they have McLaughlin. He's a freshman, turns the ball over a little bit. Can't shoot at all, but in terms of defense and athleticism and in the backcourt position, like him a lot. I think he might make a bad decision and come out for the draft this year. But, uh, ah, but as we just said, you know, Maybe this may be the peak of his stock, given that he's at USC and they tend to regress year in year out. So it could be a yep. good decision. It's true. All 
Yeah, so we, I, don't th- I don't think we've really disagreed with any of the games that matter. No offense to New Orleans, Mount St. Mary's, NC Central, or UC Davis fans. Um, let's move on to the first round, the field of 64, starting on Thursday. Notre Dame versus Princeton. Ooh. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, this is a tough one for me, honestly, but I, I'm going to go up Notre Dame. I think that they are just way too experienced with uh with Vestoria and VJ Beecham. Um they've made the Elite Eight I believe the last two years or two of the last three. Um they and they just keep coming back with more after they've lost players so um to the draft and to really talented players. And uh yeah, I, I think that I'm gonna go with Notre Dame here. Uh I don't think they're infallible by any means, but this is this is a game that I think they're just a better version of Princeton and that is enough. What is it that makes you think Princeton can compete? Obviously, won the Ivy League, and is it just that they have so much so much shooting, or what? what yeah. Else, what else makes you think they can compete? Because honestly, I don't, I don't see this as a team that could score the basketball well enough to really really play with Notre Dame. No, I, I don't think they can score enough. And I agree with that. But their shooting is really good. It's one of the best, and they're on fire in the Ivy League. I believe they started something like four and six, and they've won like 17 in a row or 19 in a row or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think that they're, they're just, they're also pretty good defensively. Um, not, they're better defensively than offensively, but they, they are the kind of team that springs a 12, five upset because they've got that three point shooting and they're, they are just really red hot right now. So um, I don't think they will, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that it's, it's not out of the realm for them to knock off Notre Dame. All right. I'm going to go to Notre Dame, just for the record. Uh, Virginia, UNC, Wilmington at a 12.40 Eastern time on Thursday. Yeah, another interesting one. Um, UNC Wilmington is kind of a darling of, uh, of Cinderella seekers everywhere, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think that they have enough. I, I mean, Virginia is just way, way too blisteringly efficient. Yeah. So, um, I'm going with Virginia there. Uh, I'm not. I'm not all taking the bait on that one. Yeah, Nichols, Prentice, and those guys. It's well, yeah. It's just it's too much. The, the, they're they're just not the kind of team that I see losing like in a big upset like that, you know. But you know, the other interesting thing about it, Virginia is just how evenly spread out their scoring is. They're another team that doesn't. You know, they they play a very very specific brand of basketball, and they're not gonna they're not gonna put up a hundred points. But, you know, this team, they a lot of guys who can score the basketball in terms of, you know, consistently getting between, you know, over over five points, over six points. Just everybody on the roster seems to score at least five points a game. And, yeah. And, and, and Prentice they do count, can score. They count on Prentiss, though. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It is going to be an interesting conflict of styles because, if I'm not mistaken, UNC Wellington likes to run a lot. They're one of the best offensive efficiency teams and, mm. and obviously Virginia is perennially the number one defensive efficiency team or amongst the top. So um, I think that that, that provides an interesting contrast, but, um, and sometimes when you see those contrasts, you get the kind of random occurrences that you wouldn't expect in these tournaments, but I just don't, I don't see it, even though Wilmington, I think they've, they've been back a couple times as well recently, but now I, I think Virginia is just too, just too disciplined. Yeah. I think for one of the, for a deep underdog to knock somebody off, it, it has to be a shooting thing. And I just don't mm-hmm. think UNC Wilmington has the shooting to, to knock off Virginia, especially with the kind of perimeter defense Virginia plays. They're just not going to get good looks all day. I think Virginia yeah. Virginia wins by 15 to 20. 
Oh, interesting. I believe the line is like nine. Yeah. So that's, I, I don't think that's it's a close game. I don't. I, that, the mm. problem is that means Virginia needs to actually score some points. So I, I can see why the line is low. Uh, but, yeah. Butler versus Winthrop on Chicano. What are your feelings on Winthrop? Interesting. I, I mean, I've heard a lot about Winthrop also. It's another, like, the first three games here are kind of interesting. I mean, problem with Winthrop is they, I believe it's Southern or Big South. I mean, Big they South. just haven't played Big South. Yeah, they, they just haven't played a whole lot of good teams. So, um, yeah, I, I I can't say I can pick them here. But, um, you know, they they were another team that's a big darling of, of some of these upset seekers. So, um, but now I'm, I'm not I'm not going Winthrop in this one. Well, so the, Butler Butler's just beaten too many good teams this year. They've they've been really good in the best con, or one of the two best conferences. Well, Butler best. Butler is just unquestionably an outstanding basketball team. There's no no debating that. <laughs> but yeah. um, but I'll tell you what, the nation is about to fall in love with Keon Johnson from Winthrop. Mm-hmm. You're talking. Ooh, you're talking. You got, you're talking. Keon. About, I mean, you know what? You know, what? I'll I'll go with the upset here. I I think. It's, my my head says it's unlikely, but my heart says let's go with it. Keon Johnson <laughs> is exciting. Keon Johnson is. is probably you know he's listed at five seven or five eight. He is probably five five and a half. This is a tiny little dude, tiny little kid <laughs> from Ohio. Shoots the lights out, and he you know scores the basketball over twenty eight, well over twenty eight game I believe, and he he will shoot a ton of threes. So you know, I love it. Why not? Let's have a little fun here. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on the Keon bandwagon and say Winthrop beats <laughs> Butler. Next up, okay. we have Gonzaga and uh, South Dakota State. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on this one. Easy Guys, South Dakota State win. <laughs> I like Gonzaga. I'm big in this one. Yeah, there's no no reason not to. Congratulations on getting this far, South Dakota State. Um, yeah, West agreed. Virginia versus Bucknell. Uh, this one's kind of. I, I mean, it's not. I don't know. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I think you to. always you have to. Wanted to. I want to, but I also don't like. I, I don't think that. I think West Virginia is extremely vulnerable, mm-hmm. but I just don't think that Bucknell is a team to do it again. Patriot League team. Um, you know, not super efficient on either side of the ball. Um, I just, I, I think that West Virginia is too good to lose this, but they're a team that, and we'll see this soon, that, uh, you know, I think that they they counted and they stacked their home wins big time over the course of the season and a massive home court advantage there um, in Morgantown. And so I, I think that they're a team that's vulnerable, but not, not to buck, not this early. Yeah, no. I, again, this is a head says you're right kind of deal. I just, I've never been super impressed by this West Virginia team. Uh, mm. I don't. I again. They're extremely. I, Ken Palm loves them. Uh, I don't know. I. This is this is not going to be a high scoring game. Let's let's say that. That's um, true. I, I just I don't love this West Virginia team. But Bucknell is another team where uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Bucknell wins. Why not? <laughs> oh my God. That's great. I love you. You're, you're Cinderella hunting. Uh, why not? By the way, I now, like it, man. now this this year I've done much less prep than I did the year, uh, prior years. But okay. following the first uh, the first round of the NCAA tournament last year, I'm going to 
get my my hype out here. I was in in terms of the ESPN brackets and the the competition. I was in the the one hundred the top hundred percent. I was I was in you know I was a one percent you know that 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 upper 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 echelon uh, after the first week. I had almost everything right. Obviously, Michigan, wow. Michigan State was uh, was a, a loss for me, and would end up being my undoing. I didn't even end up winning my four person competition that I was in uh, in terms of our our personal uh, our personal bracket challenge, but because of Michigan State. But uh, yeah, ah yes, that was a that was in my opinion that's the biggest upset we've ever seen. Um, in terms of a first round loss, because Michigan State was probably, I, I can't think of one where more people had them going further than Michigan State losing to uh, MTSU last year. Yeah. So what I'm saying is everything I'm saying here is correct, and you should wager your life savings on it if you're listening to this. Yeah, it seems like a perfect plan. Yeah, Bucknell. Go Bucknell. Go Bucknell heavy. <laughs> Florida against yeah. East Tennessee State. Yeah, Florida, I think I mentioned it earlier, they're a little bit of an issue with their injuries, mm-hmm. and I don't think that their level of competition has been that great. I mean, they lost to Gonzaga earlier this year, obviously had their problems with Kentucky. Yeah. Um, that being said, again, like the matchup just isn't right for me to go against them here, against East Tennessee State. I think, again, another team that's sort of interesting and hovering around as, an, as a team that people – want to pick as an early upset pick, but I, I just, I can't go with them here. I'm sorry. I know I'm, I'm going pretty chalky right now, but I promise it's going to change shortly. Not a T.J. No, Cromer I got, guy? My big, I am a T.J. Cromer guy, actually. He's a he's a good player, good good little guy. But, um, no, I, I think that um, I think that Florida playing in Orlando, too, yeah. is a massive piece of the puzzle that sometimes people don't pay attention to the locations, and I know it's not been overly proven, but that just seems like the better team is going to win the game where they're not, you know, the crowd's not going against them, which they're highly unlikely to be doing in Orlando there. Can we address the fact that it feels like Casey Hill has been at Florida for at least two decades now? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's address it. Oh, my goodness. This is this guy, I, he was uh, McDonald's All-American in 1987. Somehow he's still at, uh, <laughs> at Florida. Oh god. Um yeah, I don't I don't think there's enough here. I think this is I think you're right. This is a a Florida Gators victory. Um the next game we have up is Minnesota against Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, and this is one where I will agree with the wisdom of the crowds. Middle Tennessee State's been there, battle tested, uh Giddy Potts is the truth. And um and I just think that Minnesota having watched a lot of them against in the Big Ten, in Big Ten country here. I think that this is setting up very nicely for Middle Tennessee victory there. Yeah, although Minnesota, again, playing in Milwaukee, not too far from Minneapolis. Um, but, no, I, I've got Middle Tennessee State winning this one, the first of the uh, 12-5 upsets that I've got here. I'm, I've got nothing to add to that. I agree with you. I think this is a Middle Tennessee State victory. A Middle Tennessee victory, excuse me. Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Still a victory for all of Tennessee, if you ask me, Anshu. Agreed. That, absolutely. We don't need to limit it geographically. Let's go Northwestern versus Vanderbilt. 
Yeah, um, I think that, you know, Northwestern's the fun, cute story. Vanderbilt is the better team. Yeah. Um, this is this really is the definition of an 8-9 matchup in terms of it being a toss-up, but um, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. I think that they're just – they're better. And even though they have more losses, uh, I thought we saw some of Northwestern's true colors there against Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament. So um, I think this is their, you know, the definition of happy to be here. Yeah, kind of like USC for me. Vanderbilt's got a couple of guys who let me down this year, and uh, and Matthew Fisher Davis and Luke Cornett. Again, I thought both of them would have you know pseudo breakout seasons, and I guess Cornett did to a degree in that he expanded his range, but but they just don't shoot efficiently enough, and that that's especially damning for Fisher Davis, who is who is an outside shooter. He's one of those he's one of those guys who is. Uh, Standard field goal percentage is like 20 points higher than his three point percentage, and you know that should not wow. be, that should not be the case. Um, yeah, I, Vanderbilt's better. I like you said, epitome of an eight nine. Well, let's. Uh, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick Northwestern. I'm gonna stick Northwestern. Okay. Why not? There you go. Why not? Let's. Uh, this is this is an interesting game we have up here next. Maryland versus Xavier. Definitely. Uh, Maryland seems like they're perpetually that disappointing team. It does. Um, and I think that could be applied to the entire Big Ten this year. But yeah. I think that Maryland, this is this is a really interesting game to me. Um, Maryland, you know, Melo Trimble is as clutch a player as you're going to find in this entire bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, and Xavier, you know, Xavier has been really under the radar as far as just getting – buried with injuries they lost one of my favorite players in the country Edmund Sumner earlier this year um they had uh Miles Davis got kicked off the team twice (laughs) um so uh they've started to peak a little bit more here recently a big win over Butler in the Big East tournament which was kind of surprising and and very impressive almost beat Creighton as well took a last second shot by Creighton to win so Mm -hmm. this is a team that's playing well together and is kind of galvanized over a loss so I'm gonna go with Xavier here um I think that they're I, I like this Maryland team. I think that they're better than they were last year, even though they've lost Diamond Stone and some other Rashid Suleiman and some other big time talented pieces. But um, I just think Xavier's playing really well together right now, and so I've, I've got them winning this game. Look, the presence of Dragon Bender's big brother Yvonne Bender alone is enough to <laughs> to lift Maryland to a victory. Uh, no, I do think Maryland's <laughs> going to win. Obviously, Yvonne Bender's not going to be a big part of it, but he is Dragon Bender's brother. Um, you're, man, Mellow Trimble, oh, God. I, I feel like we got cheated. Sometimes I feel like, as a Phillies fan, I got I got a little bit cheated with Chase Utley, and it sounds weird to say that because he's a borderline Hall of Famer, but I, I never got that, that giant Jeff Kent 320-30 home run season from Chase Utley, and uh, just like we never got that huge breakout season from Mellow Trimble, basically peaked early in his career, and now it's just – He's kind of the same player every single year, and he just keeps coming back every single year. Uh, probably, wishes, yeah. probably wishes he could have left uh, after he was a freshman, after that big freshman season, if he had to do over again. But yeah, he had a rough injury against West Virginia in that tournament, if you remember. Um, yeah. That was a really fun and interesting Maryland team, too. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but every time I watch them, I feel like he's hitting a big shot, and I, I watch them quite a bit because of the Big Ten play, mm-hmm. but obviously they've lost enough games where you have to believe that they're not that good. So um, I'm, I think this is one of the really interesting games of the first round, honestly, and I think they're both programs that could potentially make a Sweet 16 run. So this winner is one to watch. 
I'm gonna say something crazy here. You know. Wow. Yeah, I know that's not 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 been drop. not been what I tend to do. So <laughs> North Carolina's got a, a gentleman by the name of Justin Jackson who is a you know, preseason All ACC kind of guy. There's gonna, another one. I'm gonna say Maryland's Justin Jackson's the better basketball player. Uh, ah. the, the Canadian. I I love this guy. I absolutely positively love this guy. I think that they use him in in a really smart way. A lot of small ball four. He's got an incredible wingspan, and he's shot the ball really well from three. That was kind of an unexpected bonus for Maryland this year. Maryland yeah. wins. I don't think it's going to be super close. You know the the injury to Sumner. Just, that was a heartbreaker. And if if he it was. was if he was there, things may be different. But he is not, and I believe Maryland will be advancing. So, All right. Fair enough. For the record, last time I last time I looked at it, the Mount was up twenty-two to seventeen over New Orleans. So oh. the winner of that game to a... gets to play Villanova tomorrow in our next game. Again, is there? Do we need to discuss this? No, not yet. No, we'll we'll talk Nova shortly, but no. All right. So we have a, another St. Mary's. We have St. Mary's from California against VCU. Um, and this will be March 16th at 7.20 Eastern time. What do you think? Yeah, I really like the St. Mary's team. I think they're super under the radar right now. Um, they're about as good as, uh, you know, they're, they're first of all, the metrics love them as they love Gonzaga. So yeah. that probably boosts them a little bit just from playing in the same conference. But um, I they've made a habit all year of beating teams that aren't as good as them. And um, I think that, you know, their, their center is the um, Australian, I can't remember his name. I think it's like Lendale, maybe. Uh, but he's he's a really good player. I've watched them a little bit against Gonzaga. Gonzaga dismantled them um, at least once. But this is this is a really good underrated team. And VCU has that brand recognition from the Shaka Smart era. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that this, this St. Mary's team is just rock solid, and they've, they've dismantled teams like um, – like uh, VCU all season, I think they'll continue to do that here in this matchup. Are you talking about Jock Londale on Chicago? That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, Lawndale. absolutely. A great player for a team that is very close to me uh, geographically. Like Jaquan Lewis at VCU, don't think they have enough uh, when it's all said and done. I agree. The Gales move on to the second, well, second or third round, depending on what this opening play-in round is. <laughs> Now we've got Purdue versus Vermont, Mr. Connor. Yeah, I, I, I want to pick Purdue to lose early because I think that they're way overseeded. Um, yeah. But I just, again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier with the size versus, um, you know, the size of the mid-majors versus the big conferences. And it doesn't get much bigger than uh, Haas and Biggie with Purdue. So I, I'm going with, I'm going with Purdue here. I just think the size is way too much for the Catamounts to overcome. Uh, like like some aspects of that Catamounts team, Anthony Lamb scores the basketball. Uh, you know, something like uh, 26 points per four. You know, per 40, something crazy like that. Shoots really well from three, but only plays about 20 minutes a game for some reason. You're right, Purdue too big, too strong, um, and the leadership of Spike Albrecht. Who can forget that? Yeah. But yeah, you know, that's right. You're, you're talking about a big NBA team up front with with yeah. uh, with Haas Swanigan and Vince Edwards. That's that's a big they, NBA team. 
They are they are a huge team, and they but they I'm telling you this team is primed for a choke. They are the ultimate. They just and they can shoot the three too, which is a crazy thing. In addition to that, course, mm-hmm. so that should be a recipe for success. But I'm just uh, I haven't watched them. This is not a team that seems long for this tournament to me. Um, haven't again watching them all season. I just I don't I don't think they've got the guard play. Uh, they can shoot, but they just don't have the kind of feel for the game that you need. And and frankly, I think Matt Painter just does a terrible job in the yeah. in late in the game as far as just dumping the ball to Swan again, which would seem like a good idea, but it's not always a great idea to give a guy who doesn't have a lot of, you know, have much of a handle to uh, to handle those spots. So yeah, I, I think that Purdue Purdue wins this, but they're not long for this thing. I'll tell you, for, for all the disappointing players I've talked about this year, Caleb Swanigan's gone in the other direction. This guy's made himself an NBA player. Just, man, oh, yeah. unbelievable numbers. Now, he's never going to do anything at all defensively. <laughs> but, but as a big guy, who you know, he's going to score the basketball off the bench. I like him a lot. He's a guy I would feel really comfortable taking in that late first yeah. round, early second round area as a, oh, yeah. as a bench player. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I- Love I what he brings. Meant, like in the lottery, oh, I'm no, not no, feeling that no. at all. Yeah, no. No, Caleb Swanigan yeah. doesn't. I mean, what, what's his upside? His upside is something like, uh, uh, who's the, the the big power forward on the Raptors right now? Sullinger. Sullinger. Oh God. Yeah, I think he's no, kind of. I think be. his upgrade. His up upside's kind of Sullingery. I'm, I'm not even sure if he has. He's as skilled as as Sullinger um, in terms of versatility. I, I just. I think that he's a he's the kind of guy the NBA is clearly going away from right now as far as the type of person who eats the ball almost literally and then mm-hmm. you know that's and then that's it for that possession that's that's the opposite of the direction the NBA is moving so I'm not sure where it's, it is at the next level. I, I agree with elements of what you're saying, but the NBA also loves a big guy that can shoot from the outside. Yeah, he's and I and guess he's okay at that. I just forty four percent three point shooter. How many shots? I don't. I don't trust see. him, honestly. As a, as a guy that can get that shot off consistently at the next level, okay, with 40, the athleticism you need. Forty three percent on two point three attempts a game, so not a huge sample size, but still, yeah, that's that's good. And he's a, he's almost eighty percent free throw shooter, which suggests that that's legitimate. And the one thing mm-hmm. that one thing that translates from college to pro fairly consistently is rebounding, and you know he's rebounding the crap out of the basketball. He is. Yeah, I mean, right. I just, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. I don't think he's the type of player that you're spending a premium pick on. But you're right. At the end of the first round, sure, why not? All right, we've got uh, Florida State against Florida Gulf Coast in Orlando. That's uh, so. Uh, who gets the home game there? Is that that's a? I, I think Dunk City's a little closer, uh, like an hour closer, is what I was seeing earlier. Um, Boy, this is an interesting. As far as three fourteen matchups go, it doesn't get much more interesting than this. Uh, watch Florida Gulf Coast in their conference final, and they are every bit as fun as they were yeah. in, the, in the infamous Dunk City or with Enfield. So, um, I would just say this: that I, I don't think you can go away from the three seed. But if I had if I had to pick one of the three top three seeds in any of these regions, I would absolutely pick. Florida State to lose this game because uh, they're just a little bit erratic, just erratic enough where a team could spring the upset. And um, and I think Gulf Coast is more than just that brand name this year. They can really play, and they're not like the super up tempo team. I mean, they they have the players to beat this team, and uh, and they have the experience too. Yeah, here's my issue with Florida State, and I think that's maybe 
part of why they're so erratic is that they have this fascination because of the size on their roster uh, of of being big all the time. And they, they want to yeah. overwhelm people physically. And I think if, you know, yep. obviously this might be a byproduct of the fact that there isn't a guy on the roster who can take the role that I want. But, you know, if, if you have a point guard who you can slot in and, you know, you bump Rathman Mays up to the two, Bacon to the three, and Isaac to the four with whoever you want at the yeah. five, be probably Ojo. Or, Ojo's know, pretty good. Whoever. Yeah. Um, He's a true five. Yeah, that's, that's an understatement. He is uh, un- <laughs> he's unquestionably a true five at, at, at seven one, three hundred pounds. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you just bump everybody up and you add a steady hand at point guard, I think this team is a lot better. Because Rathman Mays is he's a two playing the one, and he plays the game like he's a two playing the one. Mm-hmm. And, and Dwayne Bacon is kind of he he wants to be Jamal Crawford so badly. <laughs> it's a bold goal. I yeah, they have Isaac. the talent for sure. Yeah, yeah, I really like Isaac. I I could go either way on Bacon. I, I've got Josh is a huge Florida State fan, and he loves Bacon. He thinks that he's just way underutilized or incorrectly utilized on the Seminole team. But I personally, it's tough for me to see them. I mean, this is the exact kind of team that loses in this tournament. I mean, they they win this game, but. I think they, you're, to your point, they just don't have the guard play. They don't have the feel of a leader at point guard, similar to Purdue, actually, in some ways, just mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, really counting on the size. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they've, this team has more talent than that Purdue team, but they're, I just, ah, man, I, I, I think they're, they're not long for this tournament either. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love uh, Jonathan Isaac. I think he, He's the kind of guy who fits in with whatever you need, doesn't doesn't uh, dominate the basketball. And you know, I worry a little bit he's too passive, but for now we're going to view that as a, as a positive since he's only a freshman. Let's go yeah. to uh, a game that you might have a little bit something uh, to say about, the Wisconsin Badgers against Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough for me to go away from the Badgers. I could honestly understand why you wouldn't, why you'd, go with Virginia Tech. I think they might be a little bit underseeded as well. Seth Allen, um, a lot of good three-point shooting here on this team. Good battle-tested ACC team. Um, But that being said, man, this Wisconsin team's got four seniors that have made two Final Fours in a Sweet 16, and none of them are even close to their best player because Ethan Happ is a Naismith candidate. Mm -hmm. Led the Big Ten in steals as a six-time big man. I mean, he he is one of the most advanced feels down low that I've ever seen at this, definitely at this school, but problem is he can't shoot at all. So that's going to be an issue for him in the next level. Um, but so Wisconsin's death knell is going to be not being able to shoot free throws in a close game, but I don't, I don't really see this one being that close. I think Wisconsin is clearly the better team and we're woefully underseated by this tournament committee. Yeah. I think this is a Wisconsin team too, too experienced, too talented to lose here, even to a fairly good Virginia tech team. But if you're six nine and you shoot fifty percent from the line like Ethan Happ does, you've got some issues moving forward. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. I mean, he's been shooting it better here late in the season, but he's got a long, long way to go before he's a real pro prospect if he's gonna shoot like that. Agreed. Let's move on to Arizona, North Dakota. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't. You, I don't yeah. can't, not a lot of people <laughs> think North Dakota is going to pull off the upset here. This Arizona team is incredibly talented. Yeah, I mean, and well, I guess I'm not sure. If, I, I, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on Arizona as we move forward. But 
you know, in some ways, Sean Miller is due. And in other ways, you got to think like, is this, this isn't even, I don't think this is remotely close to his best team. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are as we, as we advance them and see who they play down the line. Yeah, that they're just so tough. There are so many good guards on this team. And when, you know, Jackson Cartwright was like the, you know, obviously what happened happened, but he was the fourth or fifth best guard in terms of talent on this team beh- <laughs> behind, you know, the Kobe Simmonses and the Kadeem Allens and Raleigh Alkins and uh, Alonzo Trier. If you put, like, PJC is the guy who, who Florida State needs. You put PJC in yeah, Florida State, and that's then you've got a point guard, and he is, you know, playing. He was playing like twenty some minutes a game for uh, for Sean Miller with this ridiculous team. And by the way, before the season started, I was hyping Laurie Markinen, and I continue to do so now. Oh yeah, Markinen has just gotten. It's really been fun watching him because I thought early on his he wasn't as confident. Like mm-hmm. you can tell that he was kind of feeling out the game, but as the season has gone on, he has just grown and grown. And I think that um, he's at the point now where he's almost maximizing his talent for this stage. And, um, and he's definitely like a major X factor in this entire tournament. Cause he's, he's unlike anybody they've really ever had. Yeah, he's basically unlike anybody college basketball has had in quite some time now in terms of his pro prospects. I wish he would, block a shot in Allen then being seven foot one, but you know, <laughs> yeah. he, that's not what you're drafting him for. You're drafting him for an elite stretch player. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, his, yeah, man, that that's going to be a really fun team to watch play a good team again, because any of those Pac-12 games have been so fun watching Arizona and Oregon and UCLA battle it out. Mm-hmm. I thought in particular his game against UCLA, the last one was a really, really fun game. And he's been, he, that was the game where it put – I mean, he's obviously been on the map all year and was a massive name coming out because of his lottery prospects. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I thought that that game against them and how he just – I thought he just dominated T.J. Leaf at times. And so that's um, that's a really – that's going to be a really fun thing to see that him in a big moment in this tournament. All right, Iowa State and Nevada. What do you think, sir? I like Nevada in this game. I think that Monte Morris obviously has been around for a long time for the Cyclones, mm-hmm. but um, and I, I just I think that this they've had some injuries as well, and I think that Nevada has had that experience this season. They've, they've won a lot of games in a row, mm-hmm. maybe not in a row, but they're they're red hot. Um, they come from a conference that's done it a bunch in the recent past. So I like Nevada in this one. There's your your second twelve fiver from me. Can I tell you, Deontay Burton is one of those guys who I just love to watch play basketball because he doesn't make sense to me. This guy is <laughs> Why is that? He is probably six three and a half, and he's probably two hundred and fifty five pounds with elite elite athleticism. You know, the ability to go by people. This is the mm-hmm. hand, the handle's not amazing, but they they actually use him, you know, in the paint quite a bit. This is just I love this guy because this guy shouldn't exist in basketball today. <laughs> kind of like a yeah, mini Charles Barkley type or like a yeah, I get what you're saying, like a six three, six short no, I mean Barkley's what six five, but well, just a shorter guy that still gets the job done in a variety of different ways. Yeah, he's just fun to watch. Uh, and yeah, Barkley listed at six six, but you know, six four and a half. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I don't. 
this there's oh, it's it's hard to go against a backcourt like Ohio State's got. Monte Morris is just so smart and such a good leader. Iowa State. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I have I have to go Ohio State here. Oh, Iowa State here. I don't know Ohio State on my brain. Trevor Thompson declared for the draft today. That's exciting. <laughs> Mainly for Ohio State fans, but <laughs> exciting nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go through the second part considerably quicker than we did the first part, or this is gonna be an hour and forty minutes long. So let's <laughs> let's go Michigan Oklahoma State Friday games. Yeah, I, I've got Oklahoma State. I think that Michigan's kind of peaked in that Big Ten tournament. They're playing red hot, but I've, I've got Oklahoma State winning this game. They can really shoot the three, um, and I'm gonna pick them. And everyone's picking Michigan these days, so I like them in the ten seven. Juwan Evans is uh, absolutely a dynamic, dynamic player at yes. point guard position. And you're right, a ton of guys who can shoot the three in Carroll and Forte and, uh, and Waters. Just so much shooting, and that's that's the recipe. Guard play and shooting gets you at least one win in the NCAA tournament. So I'm with you, Oklahoma State over Michigan. We've got Baylor against New Mexico State. Yeah, this is, uh, again, a 3-4 team where there's a chance of a of the upset, but I'm going to go Baylor, just too much size, just way too much size. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's actually so much chance of an upset here. I think Baylor wins this game pretty easy. Uh, you know, weird Mexico stuff. State's a little underseeded. Yeah. Weird, weird stuff happens during the tournament, but, uh, you know, Baylor was a, however briefly, was a, one, a number one overall team in the country. It's points of the season. Yep. Yeah, I, I, Baylor wins this game uh, pretty easily, I think. Arkansas, Seton Hall. Uh, I believe that game is in... I believe it's close to Arkansas, it's isn't in South it? Carolina. It's in South Carolina. Yeah. It's in South... Okay. No, it's in the South. Uh, yeah, it's in the South. It's all the same. Yeah, exactly. No, I've got Arkansas in this game. Yeah. I've got Arkansas in this game. Seton Hall playing better down the stretch, but I like Arkansas to win that. Yeah, I'm trying to find a reason to disagree with you. Uh, you know, Delgado, <laughs> Delgado is extremely productive in the paint, uh, albeit is. a little unconventional. And, uh, and Kadeem Carrington is solid scorer for the team. You know, they're kind of a uh, sum of their parts team. I, 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 I can't go Seton Hall here. Well, I, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is, I want to. I desperately want to. And I will tell you... Another guy who falls into the category of the super, super disappointing guys who came back for another year is uh, Moses Kingsley for me. And he just, he did not, uh, he hasn't shown up in the SEC tournament. The rebounds are down, the points are down. I know he's getting fewer minutes a game. And suddenly, you know, like everyone who returns for their their, their upperclassmen seasons, he's decided he's a three-point shooter. Uh, takes Takes a three every other game now. Instead of <laughs> instead of not not taking a three at all during uh-huh. he had he, I don't think he took a three as a a junior or a sophomore but hey forty two percent three point shooter so that's sustainable <laughs> seems completely sustainable yeah yeah no question all right let's let's move on we've got Oregon against Iona yeah I I'm Iona again another kind of underseeded team but. They want to get out and run. That's not the team that you want to do it against. I think no. Oregon, even with the injury, moves on. Yeah, it's, uh, this there will not be two Gales advancing into the second round. Let's just, 
Let's just leave it yeah. at that. We've got yeah. Louisville against Jacksonville State. Is uh, yeah, who, I is the, who is the point guard who got kicked out of? I mean, the quarterback who got kicked out of Florida State and ended up in Jacksonville State. Adrian oh, McPherson. Um, is he playing in this yep. game? I, yeah, he is. <laughs> that, that would make me take them. Or yeah. actually, no, but <laughs> no, I've got I got Louisville. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be an ugly game, unfortunately, for Jacksonville State fans. <laughs> all all fourteen of them who are not currently enrolled in the the university at this point. <laughs> this is this is a little bit interesting for a team that's playing a, a play in game. This is SMU against the winner of USC or Providence. Yeah, really interesting. Um, I believe we both had USC. Did you end up going with Providence or USC? I think we both I went, went, Pro- USC. I went Providence. I went Providence. I think. No, oh. no, no. I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. I went Wake Forest. Same color scheme. I went USC. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I've got. I forgot. I, yeah, I, I thought that USC could potentially pose an issue to a smaller conference team, and well, SMU sort of is that. They play like a big conference. Team. Yes. they are another one of those extremely underseeded teams, and um, I've got some SMU for sure in this one. Yeah, there is a, not a lot of conversation needs to be had. USC could, if they get hot, they could potentially give them a game. But this SMU team is, is so incredibly talented. Love, love, love Shake Milton, even if I don't 100% know what he is moving forward. And, uh, oh, jelly, eh? Yeah, you think, uh, you think Duke wishes they still had some people on the roster? I mean, that, that would look pretty uh, yeah, good. Yeah, I think so. Not, not a bad uh, situation Larry Brown left behind. So, yeah, I think that um, Sammy is a, a major factor in this entire tournament. And, um, yeah, I, I don't – this is the exact kind of team that is not a good situation for USC to face because SMU is is a super sleepy, sleepery team in this tournament. You know who, uh, who desperately wishes he was playing in this game is Emmanuel Moutier. Oh man! Imagine him. Imagine him in this. Yeah, I mean, just has kind of flamed out as a professional. Can't, you know, a lot of a lot of flaws in his game that have been exposed. But had he gotten the opportunity to go play for Larry Brown and you know grow as a point guard and in this mm-hmm. scenario stay for a sophomore season, you know, we be talking about Moutier as one of the better players in the draft this year, one of the top prospects, almost certainly up there with a. Uh, with Fulton Ball, so yeah, he would uh, he would still have all the potential in the world in front of him, rather than trying to climb back uphill in the NBA. But SM, yeah. SMU win. North Carolina, Texas Southern. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the <laughs> team with the easiest path to the Final Four, and that's North Carolina. Texas Southern, yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's no question about that, and I. I well, don't get me wrong. I would love to see a North Carolina for a Villanova rematch in the championship this year, but I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen for a lot of reasons. North Carolina does, however, win this game. We mm-hmm. have up next Creighton versus Rhode Island. Yeah, I like Rhode Island a lot in this game, actually. I think that they are another kind of underseated team. Mm-hmm. You see Matthews is their best player. Yep. Um, he was out. I... I uh, think that they are primed for a victory here i just yeah i I, i'm feeling them i I think creighton ever since they lost um their star point guard is just they've just had issues yeah reese watson yeah and vegas also thinks this game is going to be pretty close so kind of surprising it's a 6-11 game but i've got rhode island moving on 
Yeah, it's tough to replace a Maurice Watson at the college level. This is a, a, one of the leaders of his team. Uh, yeah, interesting players still on this Creighton team. Justin Patton's potentially a lottery pick. And one, True. One, yep. of the, one of those kind of, uh, I don't play a ton, and I'm very, very raw, but, you know, Zach Collinsy type players who uh, mm-hmm. could be a lottery pick. But, yeah, the guard play is going to kill them. And uh, Marcus yeah. Foster's still there, too. Marcus, Fo- yeah, player. Marcus Foster's there, but Marcus Foster's interested in Marcus Foster. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> uh, they, I think they miss Watson too much, and uh, E.C. Matthews is, like you said, he's one of those guys who, because of injury, has been around forever. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Rhode Island here. Rhode Island over Creighton. Let's do that. Kansas versus the winner of NC Central, UC Davis. <laughs> Well, I've I've got big plans for Kansas in this tournament, um, and I think they win this game. Yeah, I mean, it's almost unfair to go into the NCAA tournament with the backcourt of Frank Mason and Devontae Graham. That's just, uh, that gets you three rounds. Those, those two yeah. get you three rounds by themselves. And they Not they, to mention Josh Jackson. Not to mention Josh Jackson. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Svi Mahaluk is playing well, too. But it's just, it's crazy that these guys end up at as the best backcourt in college basketball, given how everything started. I mean, no, yeah. neither of them signs with Florida or, or with Kansas. Who I forget. Was it Graham? Was it Towson or was it Mason? Was it Towson? This is, uh, I'm, I'm uh, not sure about that one. So one of them either was at or signed with Towson. Regardless, they have come together to turn into arguably the top backcourt in college basketball. And yeah, Kansas Kansas wins this game going away against whomever is unlucky enough to stand in their way. Uh, the Dayton <laughs> Flyers versus Wichita State, sir. Oh, maybe my favorite first round game. If, if some of those other ones were interesting, this one is the one that yeah. I think is the most fascinating. Even though Wichita State has lost a, lost a lot of talent. They lost Ron Baker and Fred mm-hmm. Van Bleet last year. Um, I still think they're really good. They have a Kansas transfer um, uh, Frank Camp, Frank Camp. That's who yeah, it is. Yeah, Connor Frank Camp. Um, Connor Frank Camp, who's one of the absolute best players that no one knows right now, mm-hmm. but people will soon. And I, it's a shame because Dayton is really a fun team too. And I think that this could have been Archie Miller's springboard to wherever he was going next. But um, and a team that's been in the tournament a lot of late. But no, I've got I've got Wichita State winning this. Like I think many do. Uh, so, you know, for Dayton to win, Charles Cook, who is a legitimate NBA prospect, is going to have to have a huge game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just, they're so talented. McDuffie is such Gucci. a good... Uh, yeah, that's true. McDuffie is such a good defensive player. You know, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to take Marcus McDuffie over Charles Cook here. And uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go Wichita State. Let's go right. with... The next is Duke versus Troy. <laughs> Troy has one Wesley Person Jr., I believe. Oh. Um, but no, I and they also have another interesting. Uh, do you remember? You guys heard him of Bernardo, the old Arkansas shot blocker, a couple of years ago. Jarvis Bernardo. Um, Jarvis Bernardo. Yeah. Um, his brother Jordan Bernardo is on Troy as well. But um, no, I've I've got uh, I've got Duke winning by some major shocker I know. I'm, I've got I've got Duke. Wait, Duke wins over the Rifleman's uh the Rifleman's kid? Yep. Oh, no. Wait, I didn't is that 
I think Chuck yeah. Price was the rifleman, it, right? It's too. It's a shame that they don't allow nicknames like that now. I guarantee yeah. you, they wouldn't call someone the rifleman. Is that yeah, right? I'm, I'm almost positive Chuck Pearson's nickname was the rifleman. Let's see. Let's. Uh, Interesting. It uh, is. It is. You're right. How many people do you think googled Chuck Pearson today? Six. Probably a lot. No, stop. There's not a lot. Wait. He's Wesley Pearson's. Oh, child, there. there uh, yeah. Well, whatever. Whatever, who cares? I, Wesley Person's related to Chuck Person, so it's all the same family. <laughs> That's his brother. I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. I knew there, there you were, go. I knew they were related. I guess I never never really thought of, thought enough about the relationship between Chuck and Wesley Person. Neither <laughs> did I. Now we have. So, yeah, Duke, uh, Duke is in oh, – that's just – all right, here's, here's the real question. I'm going to set the over-under on points in the tournament for Harry Giles at 28. Well, I guess it depends how far you think they're going to get. Well, I, I think, they, I think um, they get to the final game. So. Okay, yeah. So 28 divided by 6 would be oh, four and a half, five. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, he's been... Oh man, that's you right think, on point you for his average. He's been better lately, but he hasn't really. He's not. He really hasn't. He's played a little more in the tournament. I thought he played a lot more, um, but he's, yeah, oh, man. I'm gonna go under. Unfortunately, they're just you got to tighten up that rotation coming into the finals. And but, man, they are. They don't even need him. That's the thing, though, right? Like Kennard and. Yeah. Uh, Grayson Allen obviously is starting to come back into his own, and Jason Tatum, who I believe we talked about a lot about a month ago, yeah. my favorite player coming into this this stretch run, and he has been absolutely been that guy for them. So um, you know they're they're just so loaded that there's no need for Giles to score that much, and I don't think he'll need to or or he will. Yeah, I will tell you, Jason Tatum has been growing on me uh, over the last yeah. month and a half. So. He's amazing. He's so smooth. He's so good. I, I love that guy. This is sort of me conditioning myself that it, it's not the end of the world if we don't end up in the lottery and you get a, a Dennis Smith or a Jason Tatum. Yeah, so. Oh, he's he's going to be in the lottery, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean lottery. I, I meant in terms of winning the lottery, in terms of the top three. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I, I, mean, I, I don't mean like if you're sitting Smith in the 4-5 spot. But, I yeah. like Smith. Yeah. I, I don't love, his, I don't love yeah. the mentality sometimes, but I think he – I think he, like Marcus Fultz, uh, Markel Fultz, was uh, kind of got bored at, in the, at the college yeah. level because I think he's so much more talented ath- and so much more athletic than everybody else. Yeah, so, possible. I tend to not away, let right? the guys who aren't overly productive, especially a point guard, you want them to be. I don't know, but I mean, wait, you know, wait, I guess we can you, talk about that double. Yeah, what more did you want from Dennis Smith? How was he not productive? I want them to win more games. Well, I want them to win a lot more games. They were super. T- they were insanely talented, and they sucked. They didn't even come close to making the tournament. Well, that's a that's of, what I want. I want my a, guys to be like Bonzo Ball. You that's know? a group like, of guys like, who hated each other. Like that team openly oh. hated each other, and that's that's recruited. That's bringing in guys like uh, Ted Capita, like who is just an absolute cancer. You don't bring people like that, regardless of how good he is, onto your team. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, for, well, as much, for as much as I like BJ Anya, and he's a fun story, he's just, you know, he's, he can't put him on the court anymore. Maybe. I, I'm uh, telling you what I saw. I was not impressed at all with Dennis Smith. At fair, all. Fair enough. 
I like Smith, but uh, but I probably would take Tatum over him at that if I were picking four. Um, all right, where are we? We have Cincinnati and the winner of Kansas State, Wake Forest, which I think we both think is Wake Forest. Yep, I think, uh, and I and I think Wake Forest can win this game too mm. if they advance. Um, I, I think Cincinnati is still. Wait, is it Cincinnati? Yeah, it's Cincinnati. Cincy? Oh no, no, I've got Cincinnati in that one. Sorry, I, I they're another team that kind of flew under the radar this year, just way too good defensively in typical McCronin fashion. Mm. I think that they're. They're definitely a team flying under the radar. One of the probably one of the top five or ten defensive teams in the country. I, I've got Cincinnati moving on. Yeah, tough to argue against uh, against the things that you just said. And you know, I do try to find a, a counterpoint to whatever point you're making. But you, you know, you love the Jake Evans of the Jacob Evans of the world. This this mm-hmm. is right. Cincinnati's just too good, too talented, and too good on the defensive end to lose to whoever it is, even if it is a relatively good Wake Forest team. So this next game is interesting, sir. Miami against Michigan State. That is really interesting. Um, I know you like Miami a lot, and um, I can't disagree with that in this state. I've watched a lot of Michigan State. Losing Aaron Harris was just a death knell for them, I think. Um, If you put Aaron Harris on this team, I think they're an absolute sleeper. I mean, you get a veteran point for your point guard. Um, Man, that's a big difference. But, uh, yeah, they – they don't have them, and so I don't they like don't. them this, this round. Yeah, they're just so undersized. They're basically forcing Miles Bridges to play power forward, and uh, you know mm-hmm. that's while he's been admirable trying to fill the role. It's he's not a four; he's a three. It's just yeah, it's this is not the typical Tom Izzo team, and I, I really do love this Miami team. I think Bruce Brown is one of the most exciting freshmen in the country. I think. People are sleeping on him in a huge way right now, and that he ends up being a top ten pick when the NBA draft comes along. So, wow! Yeah, interesting. And they've got the great coach. Like, I mean, you, you're focusing on the players, which I think is really important. But I, Jim Laranega, like you also were talking about culture and the importance of bringing a good team together culturally. And I think you need to look no further than this Miami team. They look like they love playing together, honestly. Yeah. Right, but when you're talking about And you're right, coaching has a huge impact, especially at the college level, certainly more so than at the NBA, which is almost unimportant. Um, But it's tough to say that he's got a significant advantage over a guy like Tom Izzo in the NCAA tournament. True. Very good. That's a very good point. Yeah. And they've also kind of struggled here down the stretch a little bit, Miami has. So um, I I guess I could see it going both ways, but I just thought that I just – I think that the loss of a player like Aaron Harris was just too much to overcome. All right. Uh, so Battle of the Bluegrass, Kentucky versus North Kentucky, Northern Kentucky. Man, how pissed was Calipari to see this? Yeah. I, I mean, you're a two, um, some were saying maybe a one uh-huh. type team. And I, I mean, I don't think that. We've already discussed how we feel about Kentucky, but... Um, you definitely don't want to be playing like a really excited, motivated 15 seed, right? Like, right. And Northern Kentucky is absolutely that. So um, obviously you have Kentucky, but but just based on talent alone. But you know, Northern Kentucky, there's a chance they give them a game of any of these 15 seeds against it too. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, talent wise, it's they're not even in the same stratosphere, so it's tough. I think. So it's Northern's first year in the tur- even being eligible for the tournament, yeah. right? And they made it right away. That's pretty cool. I think they were uh, third place in the Horizon. Um, yeah, yeah. 
So this can go one of two ways. This young upstart team comes in and plays like, you know, it's house money and whatever. You know, there's no fear, nothing, just hard playing hard all the time. Or mm. Northern Kentucky shows up. They see those Kentucky Wildcat jerseys. They see all these five-star recruits, and the game's over before it begins. I, I tend to think it's probably going to be the second of those two. So... <laughs> So a great, that would be a shame. great story. It'll be fun to uh, see them progress. But although frequently you don't see teams like this, frequently the the Florida Gulf Coast of the world, you know, make this big splash and then they go away for four years. So <laughs> right. hope, hopefully we uh, we continue to see a progression there. Uh, yeah, but, but Kentucky the size, wins. The size is going to be a major factor. I mean, I think that Northern Kentucky starters. I'm looking at them right now. Tallest one is six. Seven. Yeah. So yeah, good luck with that. I'm not the biggest Bam Bam fan in the world, but yeah, he's you know, there's nobody who can compete. There's very few people at the college level that can compete with that guy, who is just a, a grown man. He but, really is. Yeah. But even if he doesn't have all that much basketball talent, but whatever. <laughs> all right, South Carolina yeah. Marquette. Ah, South Carolina is one of the few teams that has a home, basically a home state game. Um, Marquette is a dangerous team. They got a bad draw. I like South Carolina to win this game. Yeah, here's the thing about South Carolina is that it seems like Thornwell and uh, Dozier tend to play better when it's just one of them playing it, uh, playing at any given time. This is they don't seem to coexist all that well. And I really, I thought Dozier played great when uh, he was in for Thornwell earlier in the season. Yeah, I don't. You're, yeah, South Carolina's a talented team. Yeah, I will go. We'll, we'll go South Carolina. Really good defensively, top three in Ken Palm's defensive efficiency, and Marquette's actually seventh in offensive efficiency. I didn't know they were that good. I know they're one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. So that'll be an interesting uh, contrast. But again, I agree. I think that South Carolina is just too good. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised Marquette is as good as they were after losing Henry Ellenson. But that just goes to yeah. goes to goes to show you how important coaching is, and is a team that's recruited fairly well, considering that they're Marquette. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. Good luck. I think South Carolina wins. And the last game of the yeah. first round is UCLA versus Kent State. Oh, let's just quickly say UCLA since we've talked a whole bunch about them. Yeah. So that that's the end of the first round. I don't. Uh, I think we're, we're going to have to stop there because we're at the mm-hmm. the 117 mark or something like that, and this, another round would take another hour. So maybe we'll try to catch up on Saturday, but if not, we will be back here next week to talk about the, the regional semis and uh, you know enjoy enjoy this crazy four days of basketball that we have in front of us. Right it's now. the best. Uh, it the absolute, absolute best. It absolutely is. It, you know, I I just want to see who's the Arkansas Little Rock this year. It's uh, it's so much fun to see what happens, and and the benefits. It kind of stinks for the schools, honestly. It it almost kind of stinks for the schools if you're one of those tournament darlings because you you can guarantee that your head coach is going to be somewhere else within two years. <laughs> that is true. It's very bittersweet, but that's kind of college basketball in general. It's all yeah. flying close to the sun, and then these guys are all gone in a year, so it's tough to feel good about it afterwards and just. You know, it's gone, but it's it's awesome while it lasts. Absolutely. That's the Deepish Thoughts Podcast, episode number 17. For Achukana, I'm Chris Horvidell. Enjoy basketball, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week.